0: Chase is on. Welcome to Chasing Ballgame, the sports betting podcast that is hyped for Hump Day, or as we call it around here, Hoops Day. I am Jimmy Brown, your guide for this stat-filled show on a Wednesday. If you're new to the show, thanks for getting on board. I really appreciate it. We're excited for what's going on around here, and we are only going to get better and better as we go. The show is all about you, really, or the chasers, as I call them, the people... That I interact with daily on social media, and really, we just talk about everything and anything sports and sports betting, and I put it right here on Chasing Ball Game. Today, we have a great show. We start off with college basketball. We're already talking March Madness. Look, February is almost here, people. You have to get geared up for conference tournaments. You have to get ready for the tournament now. I'm going to throw out some numbers at you and, of course, share a pick against the spread for Hoops Day, and, of course... Hoops Day would not be the same without the NBA and this segment that is betting the Buckets. I'm gonna go beyond the box score. I'm gonna talk about letdown in the NBA before looking at a calendar crunch or two and reading between the lines on LeBron James and what he said lately before serving up a pick against the spread in the association for tonight. Finally, the chasing ball game podcast would not be complete without talking about the NFL. I read between the lines on the Ben Roethlisberger story. I break down the Super Bowl line, and I talk about the wise guys and how the moves are about to get interesting when it comes to the Super Bowl. And, of course, I have another Super Bowl prop, and I promise you, this one will not involve Lady Gaga. Chasing ball game, blazing quick with more than one pick. So let's go. And I'm going to start in college basketball. Like I said, you have to start early if you want to win in March Madness. I'm telling you right now, it sneaks up on you. It does. You, you worry about football. You worry about the Super Bowl. Next thing you know, you start paying attention to college basketball. And the brackets are out. You're trying to fill brackets. You don't know anything about teams. You've got to start paying attention. And really, March Madness, the bracket time, it's all about upsets. I used bracket data, I didn't, I found it of course online, but using bracket data from the past six years from the official bracket game of the NCAA tournament, numbers were compared for those six years of picks in the first round from millions of picks to how often that team actually wins all the way back to 1985 and you will not be surprised or you should not be surprised that upsets were all over the place You can go with the higher seeds in the first rounds, but you probably want a total of six upsets among teams seeded 10 to 15. History shows that's about how many of those lower seeds actually win in the first round. So think about that. Six upsets among teams that are seeded 10 to 15. Teams that are 10 to 15, either you don't know who they are or, or you won't pick them because you're going to assume they're not going to win. That's not the case. That's where the skill comes in. Picking those six, trying not to knock out potential Final Four teams because you really, you know you're going to go with one and two in round one. Last year, by the way, 10 double-digit seeds won. Think about that. 10 double-digit seeds. So you got to do your homework, and that's why you're here at Chasing Ball Game. I'm going to talk to a lot of college basketball people, and I'm going to share as much information as possible. And speaking of that, let's get to the quick college basketball pick for today. I lost the Texas Longhorns the other night, really, on a buzzer beater. It was close down the stretch. They were only given about one or two, but I lost it. Look, I take credit for the winners, and a lot of credit, and I'm certainly going to own up to my losers because I'm not here to sell picks. I'm here to share information. I want to have fun. That's what this is all about tonight. Give me Georgetown plus three over Creighton. When you're talking about an ugly dog, it really doesn't get much uglier than Georgetown. They're having a mediocre season. Ten wins. Just lost ugly to Xavier. But I'm going to give them a pass in that game because the whistles were nuts. The Hoyas were whistled for 34 fouls. Had four players with four fouls and two others that fouled out. And then on their side of the court, they had just 14 free throws. Now, I'll chalk it up to maybe not aggressive play, but man, those refs were awful. I think they're going to get the majority of the calls because they're at home tonight and they're playing the Blue Jays, who are not the same team since they lost Mo Watson Jr. to an ACL injury. He was leading the country in assists. He knew how to spread out the ball. Now, in their first game without him, they did play well offensively, but this is a different animal. They lost to Marquette. So although they played well on offense, they didn't win, and they've never won in the Verizon Center in three tries. Difference for the Hoyas, to me, big bodies down low. All over that paint. Long, athletic players on the wing. They've got the size to really make things difficult, especially on defense. Jesse Govan, he only averages about nine points in the paint, but he leads the Hoyas in rebounding and block shots. He's going to be a different maker. Georgetown right now, I'll say they're a long shot to make the big dance, but this kind of win against a top-ranked opponent late in the season can change that. So they really need this win if they want to get the attention of the committee. And I think that is exactly what they do. Give me Georgetown plus three. Now let's go to betting the buckets, the NBA segment of the show. And I'm going to start with beyond the box score. Basically, I just look back at one game or two games. Not today. I'm going to look back at a lot of games. I mean, a slew of games on Tuesday night. Underdogs were 8 and 1 against the spread. No big deal. Underdogs won a lot big underdog night, right? No, they were also 8 and 1 straight up. Which means if you just took underdogs on Tuesday night to win outright, you made a boatload of money. Think about this. The Heat beat the Warriors, by the way, that was my pick for uh Tuesday night, so another win for us. The winning streak continues, but I'll, I'll I digress. Miami 11 and a half point underdogs Paid out 550 on the money line. How about the Clippers? Seven and a half point dogs, 270 on the money line. Wizards, six point dogs, two ten on the money line. Kings, seven-point dogs, two fifty on the money line. The list goes on and on and on. The only favorite to win that night was the Spurs. They covered eight and a half points. The only one. The Pelicans beat the Cavaliers, 10-point underdogs. That returned 425 on the money line. The Bucks won. The Knicks won. The Thunder won. You made bank if you took underdogs. But the real reason I wanted to bring it up is not only because I won the Miami Heat win. I told you I'd take credit when I win. But underdogs did well. But I want to talk letdown. The NBA is an interesting animal because you have a lot of games. It's a lot of games in a short period of time. You have to be a team that can forget games um, or, or rebound from games or change from games. That's why if you read anybody that says letdown is not real in the NBA, they're lying. Or they don't know what they're talking about. Because it is hard to get a very big win like the Pelicans did over the Cavaliers or like the Heat did over the Warriors and not feel it the next night, not have some letdown. Think about it. The Heat are one of the worst teams in the league and they beat the Warriors, who are arguably the best team in the league. So with that that being said, letdown is real, and I'm going to prove it to you later in this show. But right now, I'm going to read between the lines. It's a segment I do in Betting the Buckets where basically I take a quote or two from somebody in the NBA, and I tell you exactly what they meant. And for today, how can I ignore LeBron James? He had an epic rant. I mean, it was epic. Here's a few quotes after they lost to the Belkins. I just hope that we're not satisfied as an organization. I just hope we're not satisfied. Okay, that's obvious, right? He's By saying we're not satisfied, what he's really saying is get more players. And that would be normal. That's a usual NBA quote you're going to hear about. Look, we need players. Can you give us players? Because we want players. That's normal, but he hit it. Right? He didn't say it, but not no, no. He wasn't done there. He went crazy after that. He said, we're not better than last year. No big deal. But then he said, from a personnel standpoint. James even went on to list other free agents that the Cavs missed on. Raymond Felton, Michael Beasley. And then he went plain batshit crazy. He started talking about the grind of the regular season. Then he said, we're a top-heavy team. We have a top-heavy team. We are top-heavy. It's me, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love. It's top-heavy. Now be careful, LeBron. See, this is where he messed up to me. Because now he's saying the rest of the players are awful. He's saying all we have is three and that's it. That can't be good for the rest of the team. He even knew he stepped over the line because in that same instant, he came back with this quote, I'm not singling out anybody. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. He just said, it's only me, Kyrie, and Kevin Love. And then he comes back later and says, I'm not singling out anybody. Yes, he is. He's singling out everybody else. And you could tell the coach was bothered by it. Here's a quote from Tyron Lue. I know what I'm doing. We're going to be fine. I know what I'm doing. I'm not going to change or not have confidence in what I do. Want me to read between the lines? James, be quiet. LeBron, shut up. I'm the coach. I can do this. And by what you're saying, you are calling out everybody in management. Everybody. Now keep in mind, this is a Cavalier team that just got whooped by Golden State and lost to the Spurs. He's scared. He knows these teams, his Cavs team, cannot beat this Golden State team this San Antonio team. But he's part of the problem. Not only is he bringing attention to him, not only is he calling out players, not only is he alienating management, but you have to remember LeBron's getting paid. He's getting paid big money. And everybody knows that he has a say in the decision-making. So you can almost say he's part of the problem. To me, this is a big deal. So not only do I like reading between the lines to tell you what I think, but I'm going to tell you where this will help us out really, really soon. But first, I'm going to the Counter Crunch. Calendar's simple. Let's find some teams in good crunches, bad crunches. If you don't think it works, I'm going to prove it to you. How about the Milwaukee Bucks on Tuesday night? They took down the Rockets because the Rockets ran out of gas in the fourth quarter. They were outscored by 13 points. Oh, by the way, the Rockets were tired, so they didn't play any defense. Milwaukee made 59% of its shots, including 11 of 23 from three-point range. Milwaukee shot 68% in the first half. The Rockets were tired. They didn't play... Any kind of defense. Also, their lineup changed. Ryan Anderson, he returned from the flu, and I told you guys that this team had the flu and they would be tired in the spot. And they had the first line, their starting lineup in for the first time since the middle of December. So the lineup's back in. The team has the flu. Calendar is bad. That's all you have to do to handicap in the NBA sometimes pay attention, find the spots to work. But let's get to the calendar crutches for today. The good, good crunch for today is the L.A. Clippers. They played in Philadelphia last night. Now they will get three days off before they play the Warriors and three games after they play the Warriors – so when they play the Suns on the 1st of February, they will have played one game and seven days. That is a nice schedule, but you know I've got some bad ones, and I'm going back to Houston. They play Boston tonight, and they will alternate off days and games until the end of this road trip against the Pacers. That means they will alternate five games on and five games off or five days off, and it has to wear on this team that is already not playing defense. They're not playing defense now. So what do you think that's going to do to them at the end of this trip? It means they're going to be in trouble. One more for the road. Another team to keep an eye on is the Grizzlies. They play the Raptors tonight. That will start a set where they play three games in four nights, and four of those games in six nights includes three straight road games, and it's part of an overall trip that is a six-game West Coast road trip. Watch the Grizzlies. They're going to be exhausted. Think about that. Six games on the road. The first three out of four of those on the road are three games and four nights. So they're going to start off with a crunch. That means they're going to limp to the end. Now onto the pick for tonight because I know you want to hear about it. Look, I hate, and I mean I hate chalk. I hate favorites. I hate laying points. I like underdogs. It's what I do. Not tonight. Just keep that in mind because I'm not only laying points tonight, I'm laying double digits with the Cleveland Cavaliers. LeBron is embarrassed by his tantrum. He called out fellow players. He even tweeted that he wasn't mad at management, which was his way of going, my bad. He realized what he did was over the line, and he's got to make up for it. He's getting some serious heat, so he has to raise his game. It'll show tonight at home. Plus, the Kings are in letdown mode. Not only did they win against the Pistons, but they got 52 points from the bench in the win over Detroit. Do you want more proof of letdown? How about this? The Kings, 3-13 against the spread in their last 16 after scoring 100 points or more in the previous game. And 0-4 against the spread in the last four games following a straight-up win. Plus, counter crunch, right? Fourth game at six nights for the Kings on a long road trip. The Cavaliers won the past four meetings, including a 120 to a 108 victory on the road. That's probably where you get your 12-point spread. LeBron wants to make a statement. He wants to win big. The Cavs win, and they cover the number That'll do it for betting the buckets. Let's get to the NFL. And before I get to the NFL, I have to talk about mybookie.ag. If you want to bet on the Super Bowl or basketball for that matter, you have to bet at mybookie.ag. They're the number one rated sportsbook for the Super Bowl. They have props up. They have all the betting lines you were looking for. You play at mybookie.ag. You win and you get paid. It's that simple. Sign up at mybookie.ag right now and use the promo code CHASER, C-H-A-S-E-R, and you will get an exclusive 100% bonus and up to $3,000 to bet on sports and bet on the Super Bowl and the Patriots and the Falcons. And before I get to the Patriots and the Falcons, I want to talk about Ben Roethlisberger. I'm going to make this quick. I'm going to make this real quick. Ben Roethlisberger came out, and if you didn't hear it, he basically said that he's considering retirement. Now... I put this on Twitter because, of course, I'm on Twitter all the time. You can find me at Chasing ChasingBallGame. And a few guys came out and talked to me. Uh, the first one, I'll call him Willat Harris, although it's a play on Walt Harris because he's a pick guy. I like it. I get it. And then I talked to Jonald Ocean, and we talked to Ben Roethlisberger. What I found interesting is that I thought – I'm not a Steelers fan by any stretch, but I know Ben Roethlisberger is very good – He's a bit uh, of a diva, but he's good. So when I put that out there, that he's considering retirement, because my, my thing on Twitter I put is that he won't commit to returning next season, but it seems like it's timing. I mean, think about it. It's the end of the season. He's beat up. They lost a top, tough game. They got the doors blown off him. Of course, it's going to look bad. Well, Walat Harris came out and said, but AB, meaning Antonio Brown, is a drama queen. He's right. I thought they'd come out and defend Ben, but instead it was the opposite. John Aldoshan even called him blameless Ben is above all criticism. Always Tomlin, always Haley, and Antonio Brown in that order. And you know what? They're right. They're right. Antonio Brown is a drama queen. I get it. And Ben blames a lot of people. And I said it. Look, he's comfortable. He's comfortable as a quarterback in Pittsburgh. He knows he's not going anywhere. He knows he's the leader of this team. So he says what he wants. And he often seems like he wants a lot of attention on him. He's not retiring. He's not. I don't see it. I just don't. Why would he? He's got arguably the best offensive football, at least give it top five, because you got to give a nod to the Patriots and you got to give a nod to the Falcons. So why would he leave that situation? And if he does, he's going to kill the Steelers organization unless they go out and do something. So again, to me, this is one of those stories that I really think is a non-story, but I appreciate the guys for having a conversation with me about Big Ben because good story, if anything. But let's go to the odds for the Super Bowl. And let's talk about changes. Things are getting interesting as far as lines are concerned, at least from my standpoint. Patriots still getting heavy betting action, they're about 65 to 68% of the public. On the Patriots, and you can see that in the point spread. Open at minus three. Now you're seeing a lot of heavy juice, and what that means is the money line attached to the spread is changing. You're seeing some minus three, 115s, um, or higher out in Vegas, you're even seeing some minus 120s, minus 125s. That means they will be on the cusp of going to three and a half. It usually doesn't go too much further above 125. If that happens, Watch out because wise guys will get on the other side. This number will come instantly right back down to three or maybe two and a half. I I know the bookmakers, they want to keep it at three. I don't know if they're going to because they're getting a lot of money early and the storylines always seem to be about the Patriots, so it'll be interesting to watch. Same thing with the total. Open up at 57 and a half and it's now as high as 60 in Vegas. You can find 58 58 and a halfs offshore. Right now, my bookie.ag still got a 58 and a half. So if you like that total, I would get it now. It's going to go up. And once it touches that 60 range, it'll come back down because that's when I think the wise guys will look for money to get under. Look, I don't know everything about it, but I do know when the line moves that much, they want to try to get a middle so they'll attack it. So keep an eye on that. But let's get the Super Bowl 51 props. If you don't know what a proposition bet is, it's a lot of fun. So figure it out. It, It. and it's basically a side bet on something that goes on the game. Could be the coin toss, could be the national anthem. And it doesn't, when you bet a prop bet, it doesn't have to be on the team that you want to win. For example, if you want the Patriots to win this game and win the Super Bowl, it doesn't mean that Tom Brady's going to have more passing yards than Matt Ryan fact, you can argue the Patriots get up early, Matt Ryan will have more. So it kind of gives you a side bet. You can even hedge with props. You can do a lot of different things with props. Um, to me, the silly ones, like for those of you that didn't tune in uh, yesterday and shame on you, I gave out a prop bet that Lady Gaga would expose her midriff. That's what I like to call a beer money prop bet. You're not putting a lot of money on that. It's just for fun. It's just to pay attention to halftime maybe. But there are a few more out there that are a little bit more than beer money in my opinion and i have one today Uh, the prop bet is at mybookie.ag. it's called the race to 10 points plain and simple it's whatever team will get to 10 points first that's it you just have to pick what team will get to 10 points first i'm on the falcons on this prop bet they're even money so that means i'm gonna get Whatever I bet, I'm going to win. It's that simple. Look, the Falcons have scored a touchdown on their first drive in eight straight games, which includes the playoffs. Oh, by the way, Atlanta's 8-1 and one this season when scoring first. But besides that, if you want to look at the last time the Falcons didn't score on their first position possession of the game, you have to go all the way back to November 13th. On a side note, by the way, Matt Ryan on third down since week 16, 29 of 32, 323 passing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 140 passer rating. Oh my, oh my. But back to the prop. Falcons score early and often. I really think if they win the toss, they're going to take the ball because they want to get a lead on Tom Brady. Try to make them, I would say, one-dimensional, but we know the Patriots are one-dimensional. But I really think if they win, they want the to toss. I think they're going to score first. I think they're going to beat uh, the Patriots as far as the race to 10 points. So give me, as the prop bet for Super Bowl 51, the race to 10 points. And I'll take the Atlanta Falcons. That pays even money. And that will do it for Chasing Ball Game. Thanks for stopping by and hanging out. You can catch us on Blog Talk Radio. We are also available on iTunes, so you can download us, listen to us anytime you want. Look, join the fun and become a chaser. All you have to do to be featured right here on the Chasing Ball Game podcast, hit me up on Twitter or Facebook. You can find me at Chasing Ball Game. We talk sports, I put it on here. The interesting comments, the good stats, the good picks, I don't care I hate mail. Whatever you got, I'm going to feature you right here on this podcast, just like the latest chasers who have followed or share information like I talked about with Walat Harris uh, and uh, John Aloshan. They were great guys. I was glad to hang out with them for a little bit and talk football as we talked Big Ben. So welcome to the chase, my friends. But now it's your turn. If you want to join the t- chase, look, the podcast is all about the sports betting fans. Together we are building an incredible community and i really do appreciate it i will be back at it again on thursday with look at the nfl mvp prop bets we're going to jump into march madness again all the way from now until march and of course we go nba and i look to keep my winning ways and betting the buckets until then win big at the betting window and keep on chasing